millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning to you. It's 8.30 on Friday, March 31st. I'm Jay White in for Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, after multiple revisions and heated debate, House Bill 1020 moves one step closer to becoming law. Then we go inside a Baton Rouge classroom to get a taste of their AP African-American history class and what it offers. Plus, setting up medical care facilities and tornado-ravaged Rolling Fork. That's all coming up this morning right now on Mississippi Edition on Think Radio. House Bill 1020 has been changed at nearly every step of the legislative process. And along the way, it's been met with heavy resistance from Democrats and delegates from Jackson. But the Republican majority in the Senate was able to push through that resistance yesterday, advancing the bill that would expand the Capitol Police and establish a temporary inferior court within the city. During floor debate, Democrat David Blunt of Jackson spoke on how notorious the bill has become this session. I've been in Jackson the last couple of months. You know, I've never had anybody talk to me more in the 16 years I've been here about this bill. I have people come up to the church at the grocery store and say, tell me about House Bill 1020. And to the people who are in this room and to all the people who uh, have earned the right to sit in these empty chairs, right now, I would say to you, this gives you a feeling of the rawness created by this bill, a bill that was introduced by a House member without any input of the people who live here and the people who were elected to represent this area. Everybody knows House Bill 1020 in Jackson. Questions on the bill focused on the technical elements of the legislation, appointments, tax diversions, and parliamentary inquiries. But when lawmakers took to the well to speak on the measure, the rawness of what was at stake came to the surface. This is Jackson Democrat John Horn. This has been the most tiring legislative session I've had in the 31 years I've been down here. It's been also one of the most disappointing sessions that I've had. When I look at the kind of toxic legislation that's being directed towards me. And when I say me, I mean the people that I represent. And it's being directed toward the people that I represent without my input or involvement to any great extent. I'm an after the fact um, um, stop on the, on the, along the way of this process. Uh, and I think we've been headed this way for a long time in Mississippi. We've been headed this way really ever since uh, the political landscape of Jackson changed uh, back in the mid-80s. 
and it's gotten progressively more toxic and more strident and more antagonistic when we look at the relationship between our capital city and the rest of the state and our capital city, particularly as it relates to the legislature. It's almost as if folks resent Jackson, resent it for the changes that have occurred in the city politically, economically, socially, racially, and, and we've, been, we've been out to get Jackson. That's what it feels like in the legislature today, that we ought to get Jackson. It's not like, hey, we see some problems over here in Jackson, and we got to help our capital city. We've got to make sure it doesn't fail. It's almost as if we are doing everything we can to ensure that it fails and gets flushed down the Pearl River. Senator Horn was one of a number of Democrats to take the podium to speak on the bill. Another was Barbara Blackman of Canton. Nothing anyone says up at this podium changes a mind or change a heart. But the one thing I do know, and this is a quote from Frederick Douglass, and he said, and I remember that God reigns in eternity and that whatever delays, whatever disappointments and discouragements may come, truth Justice, liberty, and humanity will ultimately prevail. Republican Bryce Wiggins, who chairs the Senate Judiciary A Committee, ushered House House Bill 1020 through the committee and conference process. The final version expands the role and scope of state police within the city limits and creates a temporary court with a variety of appointed positions. Wiggins says that despite rhetoric to the contrary, this bill is intended to help the residents of Jackson. The real story of Mississippi is that we stand up and help each other. And y'all, Jackson is hurting. And Senator Horn's right. Jackson is different because it's the capital city. I live here during the session. All of you live here. Many of you live here during the session. And many of you including our lieutenant governor, have been victims of crime in this city. Raise your hand in this body if you have. We have to do something. And I want to say this was not about race, since now that's been injected. Some people want to make it that way. This has truly been about helping the citizens of Jackson in a time of need. And I say the citizens, all citizens, since this bill got handed to me through the committee process, because it's a House bill, but you know what? We said we got to help. And I've heard from Jacksonians from across the city who I've never met. White, black, Republican, Democrat. 
who have begged me to keep this going. This is a letter from a Jackson citizen who sent it to me saying, please, please do something for us. People are tired, scared, angry, and frustrated. They want action by elected officials. The effect of the uh, the measure and the means by which it was shepherded through the legislature still unsettles members of the Jackson delegation. John Horn again wonders if actions like these perpetuate a negative represent, uh, reputation. All of these national news entities are, are, are trying to shine a light. And, and look, the, the motives, the intentions... The uh, uh, aspirations, the desire that some of the leadership in this body and, and in the other end of the house, I'm not questioning. I think you want to help Jackson. Well, why don't you ask me? What, what do we need? I think you want to, to provide a means of, of, of dealing with this. But the way this looks says something else. And it plays right into the old stereotypical notions the rest of the country has about Mississippi. Well, guess what? Maybe they're not stereotypes. Maybe it's just the way we are. And if that's the case, why, ladies and gentlemen, why do we keep going down this same road? Why don't we establish enough intentional fortitude to where we say, look, we're going to rise in this state together. If we fail, we're going to all fail together. But if we rise, we're all going to rise together. The House is expected to take up and pass House Bill 1020 today. Coming up this morning, we go inside a Baton Rouge classroom to get a taste of the AP African-American history class and what it offers. That's all coming up on Mississippi Edition right here on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jay White and for Desiree Frazier this morning. Political leaders in many southern states criticize the way schools teach students about race in America. One of the latest flashpoints, advanced placement African-American studies. Some conservative lawmakers have called for a ban on the course. WBHM's Kyra Miles went into one of the only schools in the region offering the class to hear directly from students. Today's lesson the evolution of African-American music. A couple music students are here to demonstrate an African drum circle. The students take notes and bob their heads to the rhythm. Emmett Glenn looks on with a smile only teachers have. He leads the AP African-American Studies class at Louisiana's Baton Rouge Magnet High School. I feel like a, a, a West African griot in a sense because I'm bridging some generations uh, together. So it's just kind of, it's really neat. The school is one of 60 piloting the course nationally. 
Normally, students receive college credit for AP classes. But since this is kind of a trial run, they won't. And 60 students still chose to take it. Junior Jamiah Laverne, who's black, says she took the class to feel closer to her roots. I took it because, well, I know who I am, but when I take this course, it's like what makes me who I am. Like, what comes with the black experience? What is the black experience? And it just goes above and beyond what, like, things that regular history can't touch. Her classmate, senior Ella Blandino, who's white, wanted to better understand the world around her. I definitely feel like it made me more able to notice prejudices in other people. Like, I saw things that I might have thought was weird before, but now I can, like, connect why I think that or why I feel that way. Glenn, who's been teaching for 29 years, says that's what he hopes all students are able to do. He's also had a lot of outside support from the community. We've had so much uh, interest in this course. Uh, I have had adults who have asked, uh, mentioned they said they'd love to come and sit in just to learn. Um, And you said everybody's doing what? They have their own rhythms. Everybody's got their own rhythm. But somehow, some way, it all does what? It all comes together. In today's class, they're tracing how beats from Africa made their way into black American music genres, like blues, hip-hop, and jazz. Glenn says he was shocked to hear about the political backlash to this class. Last year, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made headlines when he called to ban AP African-American studies in Florida schools. Similar pushback has come out of Arkansas and Virginia. I thought to myself, I thought that we were school teachers and we were teaching history. And this is American history. So why is it so shocking to want to teach history to young people who should know the history of the nation they live in? This is all going on against the backdrop of bans on critical race theory and divisive concepts in K-12 schools that were enacted in Alabama and Mississippi. Since the AP African American Studies course is a pilot, the curriculum is undergoing planned revisions. But the College Board, which oversees the Advanced Placement Program, said its commitment to the course is unwavering. Having prior knowledge of African American Studies and African American History specifically, could only help when they got to college. That's Stephen Finley, the chair of the Department of African and African-American Studies at Louisiana State University. And it wouldn't even just help in African-American studies courses. It would help them understand their other courses so much better. Finley says students who take the class in the South also have a unique privilege. I grew up in Southern California. I live in Louisiana, where down the street, you know, a mile and a half is a is a former plantation. In California, you don't have those visible symbols. That's good. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Kalila Bandelli says it's been an empowering learning experience. It's like I speak to my mom about this, and she's like, huh, like, I wish I could have taken that when I was your age. And my mom grew up in New York, so, I mean, their their history and legacy is a little bit different, but she says she can still resonate with, like, a lot of the things that we're discussing. Kalila is a senior, and in previous history classes, she says she and other marginalized students felt brushed over. This classroom is different. And it makes me think about the fact that, like, at one point, our school was segregated, and I wouldn't have been given this opportunity. Um, so I feel just incredibly grateful to be able to take this course in general, and then being a black student taking it, I, it's, it's, 
even more grateful. So the next artist we're going to look at is Beyonce. So we're going to look at her. um... Kalula says in this class, everyone has a chance to say their piece. The College Board plans to pilot the next round of AP African American Studies in 500 schools next fall. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Kyra Miles. The Gulf States Newsroom is a collaboration between Mississippi Public Broadcasting and public media stations in Louisiana and stations like WBHM in Birmingham, Alabama. Coming up, setting up medical care facilities in tornado-ravaged Rolling Fork, which, by the way, the President and the First Lady will be in Rolling Fork today. That's coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-THE-NUMBER-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Good morning to you. I'm Jay White and for Desiree Frazier today. The Sharkey Issaquina Community Hospital in Rolling Fork was one of the many facilities damaged by an EF4 tornado last weekend. But through a coordinated effort between the University Medical Center, the Mississippi Department of Health and MEMA, residents in the storm-ravaged community can still access basic clinical care. A multi-purpose building off Highway 61 is now serving as a hospital for Rolling Fork residents, while UMMC is also on site with a mobile clinic to help support the cause. Carl Mangum is an assistant professor of nursing at UMMC. He tells our Lacey Alexander the mobile clinic came with a variety of specialists and resources. Uh, in conjunction uh, with the rest of the medical center and uh, support of the Delta Health Center, the hospital, and we're here to help, uh, help them provide uh, care for the patients. About how many patients can you see at one time at this place? Well, uh, it depends. There are 11 beds set up uh, right now uh, in conjunction with the hospital and Pafford, uh, but we could always expand to see more if as needed. Gotcha. So we've got hospital beds in there. We've got you guys mobile set up in here. We've got ambulance care. What's some of the services that maybe patients might need to go elsewhere to get? Well, any, anything past the capabilities here, this is, uh, you know, this is kind of set up for the hospital needs, and I'll let the hospital, you know, speak to what all they can do. Uh, but you know, we're inside the uh, old uh, National Guard armory, so uh, it, it, I'll let them speak to the, their specific capabilities. Uh, but we can take care of very basic things here right now. Gotcha. And other than nurses, what other kind of specialists have UMC brought with them today? Well, there's uh, we have a pediatric doctor with us today, and we've had other uh, physicians with us today. Um, and then we have a pediatric specialist, and um, just um, we have admin specialists, we have disaster specialists. Um, so we have a wide variety of people. Okay. And what's going on in the mobile clinic behind us? Uh, right now, they're just uh, keeping things stocked up and ready to go. Mangum expects the mobile clinic to remain in Rolling Fork for at least a few more days. The hospital will require relocation to the multipurpose building for several months while damages are repaired to the main facility. Sharon Hodnett has worked as a nurse for the Sharkey Issaquina Community Hospital for 41 years. She says while the temporary hospital will have limited services, they can still meet many needs. Wound care, antibiotics, uh, treatments for chest pain, pneumonia, clinic-type 
situations that we normally treat. If it's anything that we feel like it's beyond what we can do here, we'll send them on to the you know, next facility. So the ambulances outside, is for that for y'all to bring people to different yes. places or for them to bring them to you? Bring them here or when they go to the uh, location, if it's if they, you know, they can tell if they need to be brought here or further. But, yes, they are bringing several here. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can't speak to specific patients, but speaking in general, what care are you seeing being needed most? Uh, wound care, um, medication refills, um, reassurance. We've had a lot of pediatric patients, you know, with fever and, you know, just your common ailments. But mostly as far as the storm, wound care. Mm-hmm. And fulfilling those prescriptions, what limitations do you guys have in a situation like this? Well, right now, both of our drugstores are up and going. So we have been uh, able to take care of that quickly. Is there any specific limitation here that maybe patients need to know about before they come in? Uh, no deliveries. <laughs> no surgeries. Um, you know, uh, fractured bones, we cannot do, you know, we can stabilize. Stabilize, stabilization is what we can do here. Um, treatment for uh, clinical problems, you know, something that you'd go to the doctor's office for, we can treat here. We can put people in overnight for IV antibiotics to rule out uh, any chest pain problems. Um, things that, you know, can be mainly taken care of within 24 hours. And last question for you, what do you want this community to know right now? We're here. We're not going anywhere. We're here, and we will help you in any way we can. It's been overwhelming, and even though I want to say it's heartbreaking, it's also uh, reminds me of the love this community has for each other. Um, I can't get over how much people have come in and worked together and just worked continuously, done anything they could um, to get this community back on the ground. This is a safe community. And that's what we want again. Sharon Hodnett, a nurse at the Sharkey Issaquina Community Hospital for more than 40 years. In Jackson, members of the Legislative Black Caucus are asking their colleagues to pass some additional relief funding before the session ends. Senator Joseph Thomas, a Democrat from Yazoo City, represents the region. Earlier this week, I, along with my colleagues in the Senate, sponsored an amendment to provide relief to all of those impacted by the recent disaster. It passed the Senate, but was not considered in the House. Also, I introduced a suspension resolution in the Senate uh, to start the process of granting relief to rolling fog and other communities affected by the storm. The resolution has not been taken up in the Senate. We cannot afford any further delays. These families need our support. These families are hurting. These families deserve relief, and we must rebuild those communities. All of the communities, especially Rolling Fault, was totally destroyed, and we got to go in now and make them whole again. And we consider Rolling Fault and the other communities just as important as the Gulf Coast was when Katrina came through. We are still in session, and we should not leave him without helping those impacted in this deadly destruction. Legislative leadership has indicated that the session could adjourn as early as today.